In Scotland, when friends get together, they blether. When these three friends happen to be Scottish Blue Badge tourist guides, you can be sure that the country that they're so passionate about will be right at the heart of their discussions, be it contemporary or historical, culinary or cultural, reminiscence or anecdote. From accommodation to zoos, the chat will range right across the entire alphabet of topics and issues that are live and happening in Scotland right now. We hope that you'll join us. There's nothing to beat a recht good blether. And you could also join in our blethers on social media. You can find us as at Scottish Blethers on both Facebook and Instagram. We post additional content during the week that supports the podcast episode. We love making the podcasts and would love it if you could share them with your friends and leave a review on the platform of your choice. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of Scottish Blethers with Liz Lister and Helen Houston. And coming back just for a wee guest slot, it's myself, Susan Brown. Lovely to have you back, Susan. Lovely to hear your voice. Yes, super, Susan. Great to be back. So, ladies, you've been busy. We have that, haven't we, Helen? We certainly have. We've we've done... Well, I'll start off with this, Liz, because I've actually been on two walking tours, one in Edinburgh and one in Glasgow. So the feet are sore and the brain is... You're stretching itself. <laughs> well, I've been a bit of a fear because I've had a couple have come in, but for various reasons, I've I've sidestepped them. So I'm going to have to pluck up courage and get back into it. And that's what this is all about this week, getting back into things, back to school and whatever. But this has been a busy week. After the holidays, it was like a laundry here, getting all the laundry done. But amongst all of that, Helen and I have been very busy because we've devised a logo, which is up there for your comment on our social media site. So have a look at it. But we've also been working on the website. Well done. The the words working on a website and Liz and Helen don't really go together terribly well. (laughs) I'm so impressed, ladies. I really am. I had a quick flick through it. I thought you've done a cracking job. And for two people who say that they're not technical, you've got it. Well, we had such fun, but you wouldn't have believed this, Susan. We're sitting there and we started at quarter to 11 in the morning. We finished at five o'clock at night, but about five hours into it, suddenly underneath podcasts, appeared 47 episodes of Scottish Blethers, all up there. Well, Helen and I turned to one another, and honest to goodness, you'd have thought we'd invented penicillin. The screams! (laughs) (laughs) I know, so funny, in fact, so much so that I was at Liz's house and Liz's husband came up into the room and said, what is going on, girls? (laughs) (laughs) No, it it was brilliant. It was just, I can still feel that feeling of just, wait, How did that happen? Where did it come from? Which button did we press? (laughs) But but on that topic, um, Helen and I are very technically challenged. And I'd just like to give a huge shout out 
to our pals at Radio Leaving podcast because they are so tech savvy that they can do things that we can't even dream of. And this week they put us up there as the top podcast to listen to, which is fabulous. Thank you so much to the guys at Radio Leaving. And it's not that we don't want to reciprocate. We just don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you very much. And we'll we'll work out how in a... Well, few weeks time. <laughs> it sounds like there might need to be a little bit of reciprocal. Uh, you come and talk to us, we'll come and talk to you. Yes. Yeah, because the one thing we're good at is blethering. Yes. So this topic for this week, ladies, what have you picked? Well, this week and next week, we're back to school in Scotland. Not us, but for those of school age, it's the end of the school holidays and the dreaded moment when you have to go back to school. Oh, the end of the holidays, surely not already. Well, sitting sitting out, looking out at my window with the bucketing rain, I'm thinking, well, where else should you be but at school? The rain is here. (laughs) Yeah, so that, having this topic back to school, that got me thinking, and it's a long, long time since I started school and I was was going back to school. So it's been a time of reminiscing, and I'm sure that as as we go forward, there'll be things that Helen will remember, but... I think, Susan, it might be all a different language to you. Uh-oh. So let's just let's just start thinking about that moment halfway through the holidays when you begin to prepare. Buying the school uniform. Do you remember it, ladies? Oh, yes. Oh, I, I certainly do. I certainly do. And I, I was reminded of it, Liz, the school shoes. I was reminded of that when I was in the Smith Art Gallery and Museum because sitting there in the museum was the x-ray machine that the shoe shops used to have that you popped your feet into and looked through a, a like a periscope and saw the x-ray of your feet to find out the size. It's now in a museum. <laughs> oh. Well, Helen, do you remember that, Susan? No, I remember <laughs> the one, the machine that used to come and push my feet from either side at either end, um, usually in the Clark's oh, shoe yes. shop. Yeah. In the Clark shoe shop, yes. And they still have, to this day, Clarks have a back-to-school shoe fit guarantee where, um, you know, they measure your feet. A trained fitter will measure your feet and they expect your feet to grow one size during the school year. So if you outgrow your shoes, you could take them back and have them replaced. But just as we talk about Clarks, I can visualise that green box and it's sending tremors through me because I used to get hauled into the Clark shop, get my shoes my feet measured for my shoes and then I would get black Clark's school shoes and I hated them and so those shoes are responsible for ruining my feet because my father would take me in if it was a Saturday and it was my mum and dad going shopping I could just about get my mum wound around my finger but with my dad no chance I had to have these black school shoes and I would not wear them. No, oh, well we we were definitely Clark. Two or three weeks ago, watching Antiques Roadshow. Now here we go again. There was somebody on with the little, with the original drawing of the little boy and girl walking down the the path in the woods, which was the 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 symbol, the logo of Star Trek shoes. So I, I just think so. Not only do I see some of my back to school shoes in the museum, or you know things to do with it, but also on the Antiques Roadshow. Just shows you. And the other thing, do you remember these, Helen? But thankfully, when I was round about my fifth year at school, 
then moccasins became. Do you remember moccasins, black and brown leather moccasins? Eventually, pickers started to produce them as well. But in those days, it was saxones. Yes, uh-huh. Helen and oh, Susan, do you yes, remember saxones? Yes. Good. I'm glad you remember something. We're coming into your era now, <laughs> But these moccasins were acceptable to my father as school shoes. And so that was fabulous. The only problem was that to this day, the only skinny part of my body is my ankles. So you imagine these great big clod-hopping <laughs> moccasins on tiny little skinny legs. So I used to wear about three pairs of socks to make my legs look thicker. So those were the days when you wore socks on top of tights. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I think that's very <laughs> modern for my day. <laughs> well, that was, that was me. <laughs> Well, it's talking about school shoes. It it's still the same because I had my grandchildren staying, and Olivia is going up to secondary school. Well, she just started. They went back on Thursday, and she came wearing her black shoes, which were more like you know, posh trainers rather than the school shoes that we know. And her mother's last words were, "Don't you dare get these mm-hmm. shoes dirty because you are going back to school and they have to be pristine." So it was still the same thing. First day at school, you have to be everything brand new and sparkling. So bring us up to date, Susan. What's your memories of school uniform? Uh, black patent shoes. <laughs> you obviously you obviously didn't go to a Catholic school because in Catholic schools, you weren't allowed to wear patent because they were the work of the devil. You could see up girls' skirts. Oh, my God. Really? Yes, oh, yes, I had girls, I have friends that went to convent school. Oh, no, I was nowhere near a convent school, that's for sure. I was in a mixed <laughs> school. Um, yeah, it was black paint shoes and horrible grey box pleat skirts, which are fine if you're a skinny mini, but if you're anything bigger than a small, it's not exactly the most flattering shape of skirt. Do you remember, do you remember the maker of the skirts and shirts? Oh, was it Aitken and Niven by any chance? Oh, that's, that's what that's, everybody went to yeah, for their that's school really uniforms. Nice. Yeah, but it's actually Trutex. I was thinking about that. It was oh, always Trutex oh, skirts and right. shirts. They've, they're still going to this day. Yeah, yep. Well, we didn't we didn't wear skirts in junior school. We wore uh, gym slips, so there were box pleats gym slips. Yep, I remember. So they just hung down from your shoulder. If you go into the private Miss Jean Brodie, the, the sort of things that they're wearing there, that's that's what we wore with a girdle, what we called a girdle round the middle, which was just a, like a, a, a ribbon. But the colour of the, the girdle denoted which house you were in at school. Right. Okay. So I was in I was I was in Burgo, so I had a blue girdle round my gym slip. So so when you talk about a girdle, I've got an image of a middle aged woman in the nineteen forties with this kind of bra stroke girdle thing on you know i know i know and i still no this this was this was just something like about a two inch wide just woven ribbon if you like that you tied in a knot at your back uh-huh you were talking helen about um the machine for x-ray on your feet in clark's something else that came back to me buying the blazer when it was time to go and buy your school blazer i got a new blazer every year because my dad had gone to grammar school in england 
And he'd always had hand-me-downs and whatever. And he was determined that we would always have a good new smart blazer every year. So we would go to the co-op, cooperative stores. So in those days, department stores always had another thing that was a blast from the past. Do you remember those pneumatic tubes where you put the money into a container yes. and then it went inside a door and a vacuum sucked up to the cashier upstairs? Have you ever heard of that, Susan? Oh, yes, uh uh-huh, yes, I know the ones you mean, Uh uh-huh. Well, that stopped all the money gathering down on the the floor because in those days, department stores were huge. You had all the different departments. You had uh, on the ground floor, it was the drapery, and then on the top floor, it was the furnishing. So um, they they collected the money, and then back it came with a receipt and any loose change that you were due. We had that in Macquarie's in Stirling, but where we went... They still did until recently, I think. (laughs) Where we went to get our, our school uniform was to R.R. Henderson's in Stirling, and they still exist. Uh, they're, they're much smaller there, and it was Miss McCall in, this, in the children's school uniform department. Yeah, but you realise that now they're not called R.R. Henderson's. They've gone much up back it. They're now called House of Henderson. <laughs> they're Stirling, Helen. They're Stirling. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, no, because I, I know the last time I was in was when Ben... Well, I suppose it was seven years ago when Ben was hiring a kilt and it was R.R. Henderson's then. So that's obviously a new a new run they've done on it now, House of Henderson. But I had two sisters, Liz, so I never I never got a new blazer because the beginning, before we even went shopping for school uniform, all the uniforms in the house were brought out. And I've got an older sister and a younger sister, so we had to try on everything. And if there was a new blazer to be bought, it was my older sister that got it. And you're just taking that story slightly further forward. I remember, oh, when my sister was about, my younger sister was about 21 or 22. Um, she came into the house wearing a new coat. And she was so proud of it because it was the first ever new coat that she'd ever had new to herself. All her other coats or blazers or jackets or whatever were hand-me-downs. Oh, but that's such a thing, though. A lot of hand-me-downs through the families with the blazers, you know, and the youngest was always the poor one that ended up, you know, never having something new. And I think that's still the case to this day. But then... It, it is, yes. With things being tighter for families, you don't want to spend money you don't need to. And that, I think, is why it's good now that you can get a lot of the kids' uniform just in Asda or, you know, the, the other supermarkets where you can get a number of them for, for a cheaper price. Or, you know, the thrift shop for the schools. I know my local one in Aberfeldy, Bradalbon, they've had their thrift shop ongoing and the run up to the kids going back to school so that, you know, things you're no longer using can be used by others. It's a big debate to or for or against school uniform. And as a, a teacher in my past life, I'm very much on the side of pro school uniform. I think that it's a leveller and that it gives a professional attitude to school. And I read in newspapers and things about children not being given the opportunity to express themselves and show their individuality. I think when you go to school, it's very good to have a sense of identity and a sense of belonging and I do fully agree with, you know, that, that uniforms can be very expensive, ex- especially if you've got to start buying PE kit or musical instruments or anything like that. But to have just a sweatshirt, grey trousers, grey skirt, whatever, I'm very much in favour of it. 
Oh yes, and and uh, I think I think school uniform nowadays is is almost a cheaper way to clothe your child to go to school than to let them have you know carte blanche to get whatever they want because then you get all the the ones who can bringing in the designer stuff and the the you know the others feeling left out. I'm just going back a bit to my own children. I remember when they were at school, it was was it Mackenzie jumpers that became very popular. Mackenzie um sweatshirts was that the ones that were called college jumpers they were navy blue with a yellow stripe at the neck was that it um yeah but they had the name Mackenzie on them and i know that i, I know that the schools i think they said they could wear Mackenzie, but not the ones with Mackenzie written right across the back i think they could wear it with a logo or something but not with the full name College jumpers became very popular towards my senior school where everybody had these navy blue, a sort of American idea, but they were very much acceptable, but they were trendy, so it was it was good to use them. Just continuing the preparations for school, remember the school bags, the leather school bags? I used to get mine out of Kynoch's, Kynoch's Leather Shop in Falkirk in Perth, and it used to be an emporium that just the smell of leather and polish, it was just a delight. And so I only ever got one about every fourth or fifth year or whatever. And I would take it home. And the first thing my dad would do would be to write my name and address on the inside of it. And he had beautiful handwriting. And I can still remember the smell and the joy to this day. It's not quite the same these days, though, because there's very few people that have the leather satchels. I remember when I was probably early years of primary having having a nice kind of brown leather satchel uh, just in the very very early days maybe the first couple of years but after that everybody started moving to rucksacks which of course is what everybody has today but they were such items of beauty and now of course the leather satchels are more a fashion item for for you know kind of young professionals and stuff i just i just wish i kept mine because my my great uncle my grandmother's brother-in-law it was was saddler to the duke of Pasu. And so my grand, my grandma used to uh, get him, asked him to make our school bags. So for junior school, for primary school, we had, you know, the brown leather satchels that you're talking about, Susan. And then mm. with our with our name, with our initials embossed on the outside of it. And then for when we moved How into gosh. secondary school, our Christmas present was, it, I call it a briefcase, but it was one of these soft soft briefcase it wasn't a hard like a suitcase briefcase it was a soft briefcase again so and my father you talk about you, your father Liz well my father at the beginning of every term my father used to get out the linen thread and the wax and just stitch all the stitching that had you know, been broken or come undone during the the hard handling of the school year so our, our satchels lasted us the whole the whole all of, all of sec- primary school and then the new ones all of secondary school because you could stitch that lovely leather very easily when it came apart. Yeah I see the kids going to my own daughter when she was at school by the time they're getting up into senior school by the time you put gym kit and books and folders and all the rest into it it was honestly I thought it was going to damage her back when she went off with this huge thing on her back you thought she was going on a Duke of Edinburgh mountaineering expedition. <laughs> well of course the other thing you just reminded me we had a gym bag as well which was just a like a, a, a material a cotton bag with a drawstring top where you pushed in, put in your gym kit to go to school and you carried that separately. And you went to Woolies to buy your plimsolls, yes. your gutties. Yes. Uh-huh. Always black. 
Yeah, black. Yes, yes. we got ours out of out of Pennycook Stew Shop in Sterling. Oh, posh again, Helen. Yes. And the see. other thing that you probably don't remember, Susan, but in our day it was very much you didn't get in swimming unless the the girls, particularly those with long hair, had a swimming cap. Now, when I'm talking swimming cap, I'm not talking about the nice little soft things that they put on nowadays. I'm talking about hard rubber that you squeezed onto your head and then it had a strap that went under your chin and then we had to take it off. With, with a press-down button, didn't it? You could never get that press-down button in. <laughs> and then when you tried to take it off, it took half your hair with you. You were scalped. Well, we had to go to Dumblain to get it to do swimming. So we had to... You got to get on the bus and go out to Dumblain up to the hydro, and that's where you swim. And Bob was the swimming teacher up there, and he had really thick glasses that looked like the bottom of bottles, and but he was a really good <laughs> swimming teacher. And another thing that went into the school bag, remember your pencil case? <gasps> yes. Oh yes, I used to love getting new stuff in the pencil case. Yeah, but all that stuff. I mean, what do you do with a protractor? And what's the other? A set square. Have you ever used a set square in your life? And a compass. Don't forget the compass. At school and the compass, yes. You used them in math. You, what, you used them, yes. Helen? You did actually use them. Oh, I used a protractor, yes. I remember having to do use that for maths. Yes, and, and, and the compass. But the other thing that was very important when I went to school with this in the pencil case, but it didn't go in the pencil case, it was too good, was the fountain pen. Because we had to have a fountain pen do the ink exercises uh, because every every week we got an ink exercise as homework for our for the subjects so english was always the weekend exercise because that would consist of an essay or an interpretation something that took a little bit longer and it always had to be written out you had to do it in in pencil first of all and then rewrite it when you were happy in your fountain pen so that was the Conway Stewart fountain pen. Well, the only time I ever had fountain pens was when you got that set at Christmas time, the ballpoint pen and the fountain pen and the propelling pencil. Parker, they had to be Parker. Yeah, you got them at Christmas presents and you thought, oh no, not another one. And then you started to try and use the fountain pen. And in my case, all I ever remember is a blue finger. The, the Conway Stewart was our one. The Parker came later, but the Conway Stewart, which was... And that was always a, a looked forward to Christmas present. Yeah, well, it didn't, I didn't look forward to it very much at all. Anyway, other redundant items in the pencil case or school bag, shatterproof rulers. Now, you did use your ruler, but it was best used for pinging pieces of rolled up paper across the room because it was really springy on your desk and you could fire missiles. And another redundant article, do you remember those, those rubbers, as we called them, erasers, where they were white on one side for the pencil, that was all fine. And then on the other side, it was either grey or blue, and the claim was that it would rub out ink. It never did. You just got a hole in your, your jotter. Just just took the surface off the paper, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. And then you would start licking it. <laughs> I just remembered. You would lick it, oh, and that's when you got the hole. I just remembered that just now. <laughs> oh, man. But eventually, eventually that, that style of rubber eraser just, it, it divided itself, it didn't it? It came in half, uh-huh. eventually. Now, another thing I remember as well, which is definitely associated with going back to school, new jotters. And do you remember on the back of the jotters, there used to be all the weights and measures? Did you have that, Susan? 
No weights and measures on mine. Of course, remember, I was on the cusp of moving. I mean, you guys are probably on the cusp of moving between, you know, shillings and pence to decimal. But uh-huh. I was on the cusp yeah, between yards and and everything and feet moving on to meters and miles, well, the miles kilometers thing and the pounds and the kilograms. And even today, I'm still quite confused on a lot of that because we were kind of stuck between the two. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I never quite made the transition. I go between the two still to this day. But um, on the back of our jotters, you had all these measurements that still vaguely come back to me, like four quarts in a pint and um, all of that. But it was firkins and acres and chains. and th- yeah. Oh, it was wonderful. Poles and perches. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only good for trivial pursuits nowadays. <laughs> yes. You were talking jotters, but do you remember the other thing you had to do when you went back to school? When you get, got all your new books and jotters, etc., you had to take them home and cover them. Yes, cover brown them paper brown only. Paper. <laughs> or, or sometimes you were allowed to use wallpaper if you turned it the other way around, so it wasn't too fancy. Oh, no, we were allowed fancy. Yes, I, I remember, even even when I was at school, even even then, my homework book, I always used to cover it and I'd, I'd cut bits out of magazines and stuff and then cover it with bits from magazines um, and then put little stickers on it and little stars. I was going to say in art classes, do you remember one of the highlights was when the teacher brought out new paint or Crayola crayons? Mm-hmm. Remember the boxes of Crayola crayons? Yeah, that was fabulous. Do you remember the glue bottles, those plastic bottles with the red rubber tops with a little slit on them? So you used them, but then as soon as you left them for 10 minutes, the glue dried on the top and it closed the slit so that you had to take a pair of scissors to pierce it open again. Do you remember those, the little bottles of glue to stick things in your project jotters? Yes, that's right. (laughs) I was just going to go back to some of the, the school the school uniforms and things that we talked about the gym kit but in my day the gym kit consisted of just the navy knickers you were wearing plus uh and the blouse you were wearing just took your skirt off for gym and put on your put on your gym shoes because uh, it was a girls school so it wasn't so bad but when we moved to secondary school the gym kit consisted of a square necked blouse that buttoned down the back and a pair of of shorts that you put on over your navy gym knickers, but these were like a, a black sateen. You know, they weren't satin, sort of sateen <laughs> shorts that you wore. And even when we did social dancing coming up to the Christmas parties, that we had the boys and the girls had to change because secondary school was a mixed school had to change into their gym kit. Uh, to do the social dancing, so you're dancing around in these sateen shorts and square neck blouse, and the boys with their shorts. I think they were allowed to keep t-shirts on <laughs> for their gym, but eventually we did say as we went further up the school, I really don't think we need to change for social dancing. <laughs> you're striking horror memories back there for another time further on down the school. But Susan, do you remember your first? day at school can you remember back it's not that long ago oh not that long ago well long enough uh do i remember a first date not that well um i have other memories of school like i think i must have misbehaved once in the in primary one so the first year at school and i must have misbehaved and i remember miss manson getting out the ruler 
and uh, the, the wooden ruler, I think there was two or three of us had to hold our hands out and get slapped across the hands. Well, I remember, I remember vividly starting school because I started school in Inverness and we lived on a new housing estate which was on the outskirts of the town and so going to school involved a bus ride. Now, I started school at four and a half and if you think about it, in those days there was no uh, nursery or playgroup or anything. Most mothers stayed at home and so when you were leaving to go to school, it was really the first time you'd been separated and I had to go on this bus and worse still, once I was there in school, I had to get the bus home and you had to line up in the assembly hall and I was terrified that I was going to miss this bus and I'd be stuck in school and I would never get home again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I was, I my birthday's April and I went to school in the August so that was four and a few months and you know, it was very young but I had a big sister at school already. She was two two classes above me. So they actually, I think I got so upset in my first day that they had to bring my sister down out of her class to sit with me. But then after that, I was fine. You know, for the rest of the school, my school years, I was fine. But you're right, Liz, that separation is quite strong, isn't it? When there was no, no lead into it through nursery. Yeah, very tearful. But you're just, again, bringing back memories of this. I was the big sister and I can remember getting pulled out of my primary school class. Will Elizabeth Martin please go and take her little brother home because he's wet his pants? The humiliation oh, no. of it. To this day, I still I still bring it up. <laughs> oh, oh, poor, poor George. I know, the things that used to happen in schools which just don't happen anymore, it's probably a good thing. Yeah, no, just, you know, things that used to happen, like like that ritual humiliation, or you hit it on the head for me, Helen, when you were talking about gym kit and stuff. And I was, I just remember, you know, you're, you're, you're only in P1 or P2 for so the first couple of years at school, and you go to gym and you've forgotten your gym kit in one of those lovely string bags that we used to have for our gym kit, and you'd forgotten it. That's fine, you can just do gym in your knickers. And of course... <laughs> To an adult, it was like there was no problem. But to a child at that age, it was traumatic. Uh-huh. Um, so, yes, that's another one of my enduring memories of going back to school. Don't forget your gym kit. I know. And then, again, thinking back to primary school when it was gym. In those days, we didn't have all the technology. So a lot of, particularly in primary school, it was a lot of radio. So you got programmes on the radio. So I remember one called Music and Movement, where you had uh-huh. to pretend... You are the breeze and you're blowing through the grasses and the leaves on the tree. Run around and be the breeze. So you've got all these children running around in their gym knickers pretending that the breeze rolling through the trees. Yeah, I remember that well. Uh, and you just triggered me again, having to stand like a tree. Uh-huh. You know, it's, yes. it's all these things that they would come up with to make you do, which I'm sure are very good for your creativity and everything else. But um, looking back on it, you think, God, at the time you were like, what the heck am I doing? And another one for you, Helen. <laughs> Do you remember singing together where we had group singing again from the radio? Sometimes we had a music teacher, a peripatetic music teacher that came in, which was great. But do you remember the songs? Things like um, the Raggle Taggle Gypsies, right? The Raggle Taggle Gypsies. Oh, oh, yes, I know. I remember that song. 
the act. Soldier, soldier, won't you marry me yeah. with your basket, fife and drum? Well, if you actually listen to the words of those songs nowadays, they weren't entirely appropriate for young school children. No, they weren't. They weren't. No. But you were just, you were all the, the memories of that and the things that you did. Do you remember the free school milk? Yes. Did you have that, Susan? Uh, when I was visiting, so I had must have been a friend of the family that was the headmaster at Craig Clowen Prep School in Perth. And I think I was maybe just too young. I don't know why I was with them, but I was with them for a couple of nights. So I would get to go down to just sit in the classrooms as a very young child. And I do remember getting milk in bottles at that point. Yeah, a third of a pint. That's right. They would come, they would be, they would be delivered delivered in, in the third of a pint bottles. And we used to have to bring them in and sit them beside with a coal fire in the classroom because it'd be in the winter they would have frozen over so we had to sit them beside the fire because it'd be too cold to put into young people's tummies so we got this kind of warmed milk at break time that we drank with a straw out of the bottle the memories the memories we could go on forever, ladies. We'll need to do another school. We've not touched on school dinners or favourite teachers or anything like that. So we'll definitely do another one on school days memories um, in the future. But I think we'd draw this one to a close. Have we got any words of the week, ladies? Oh, yes, there's definitely a few. Helen, why don't you go first? Yes, well, I've got, I'm going to use the word scalp, S-K-E-L-P, because if you in my day at school, this not very non-PC, in my day at school, if you didn't have your homework done with your Conway Stewart fountain pen, you were liable to get a good scalp, which would be a, a kind of a, a slap or a hit. And sometimes it would be with the belt, but that's another day, but a scalp, a, a hit, a slap. Wonderful. Liz, how about you? Well, corporal punishment is definitely a topic for the future. We'll come to, back to that and the taws. But, um, you know, if you were going to get a scalp, it's hardly surprising that some kids didn't like going to school. And we had problems with school avoidance, as it would be called nowadays. And uh, I was actually a guidance teacher. And so I was responsible for attendance. And if somebody had very irregular attendance and wasn't coming to school, then you would send the truant officer to their home for a visit to their parents. But he wasn't called the truant officer. He was called the pluggy man. Because if you played truant, it was said that you were plugging it. Yeah. So the pluggy man. Okay. Oh. Fair enough. And obviously, if you were caught or if you didn't like going to school, you might turn up with a wee petted lip. And a wee petted oh. lip basically means you've got an upturned lip and you're not very happy and you might be snivelling oh. at the same time. And that was definitely me. <laughs> oh, <that> me. <laughs> yes. so, these are all really good words. And, you know, they say it all, don't they, about start going back to school. Definitely. Do, do such memories. We'll definitely come back to this one. Thank you, Susan. It's been lovely catching up again. Lovely being back with you. Take care, ladies. Yeah. Good, Susan. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. And there we have it, the end of another episode of Scottish Blethers. If you'd like to join us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as at Scottish Blethers. And if you'd like to leave a review, please do so on your podcast platform of choice. It's cheery bye from me.
Tathanoo from me. And if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the windy from me. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>